I think Matthew proves right. that the Old Testament is our first and longest gospel. Yeah. And his is like the Cliff Notes version. It's like, right. if you want to see the full story, go read all of Genesis with Jesus in your head, mm-hmm. and you'll see what I'm talking about. It'll blow your mind. Yeah. It's like, that's what we're trying to do here at Spoken Gospel, and that's why I just love Matthew. Welcome to the Spoken Gospel Podcast. Spoken Gospel is a ministry that's dedicated to speaking the gospel out of every corner of Scripture. In Luke 24, Jesus told his disciples that every part of the Bible was about him. So each week, hosts David and Seth work through a passage of Scripture to see how it's all about Jesus and his good news. Let's jump in. Well, welcome everyone to the Spoken Gospel Podcast. We are starting our first podcast on a gospel. <laughs> Which is crazy because for Spoken Gospel as an organization to be in year five of its ministry. Something like that, yeah. Lifespan. Yeah. Never have podcasted. A gospel. A gospel. Yeah, but that's our thing. You know, we go to the places where you don't think the gospel is. Right. And we show you the gospel in it. Right. But don't go to the source. Don't, I mean, no. Don't go where the word comes from. <laughs> <laughs> no. That has not necessarily been our intention, but we're very excited to be getting into a gospel now. I've been excited for this for a while. Yeah. Uh, well, I've kind of wanted to wait. You've wanted to wait. Oh, we've talked about this. You've wanted to wait to get into the Gospels and uh, unpack why, because it's really interesting. Because the Gospels presume you know the Old Testament. Yes. And they especially are especially the Torah, especially the Torah, and especially Matthew. Yes. Matthew, as an author, loved his Old Testament. Yeah. And he stacked his book full of Old Testament stories and allusions, and he is expecting his readers to appreciate the fact that Jesus is the fulfillment of millennia of Israel's history. Yeah. And it's awesome. It's fascinating. And the reason why I wanted to wait was so that I would have studied more of Israel's history. Right. So that I'd be ready to appreciate Matthew for what he's trying to do. It's like the way that I'm kind of picturing it is like, okay, Matthew understands the entire Old Testament as a novel without an ending. Mm. And he's writing... The ending of the novel. Right. He's writing the last three chapters. Right. And all the themes and all the characters and all the motifs, he's weaving those into the story of Jesus to show you that it's the same story and it's coming to a poetically, literarily beautiful ending. Yes. Yeah. That's cool. Yeah. I I love Matthew uh, so much. When people ask me what my favorite gospel is, it's Matthew. Uh, and And it's the same reason. It's because it shows how Jesus completes all the different stories of the Old Testament and like all the famous stories like mm-hmm. creation itself. It shows how Jesus completes the genealogy of Genesis 5, which is crazy. Yeah. The, the Exodus story, all these things, which I know we're going to talk about. We tried to put that really heavily even in our spoken gospel introduction video yep. on Matthew, which was our sixth introduction to ever film. But we we did it where we basically laid it out where Matthew was like uh, an Indiana Jones type archaeologist <laughs> and he comes to a treasure chest and it's full of all the old artifacts from the Old Testament and he takes them out, dusts them off and puts them on pedestals under new light to show you the real meaning behind them and isn't they're that, all Jesus. Isn't that based off a of verse in Matthew? Yes, it is based on a verse in Matthew. Uh... It's It's the scribe trained in the kingdom goes into his storehouse and pulls out treasures old and new 
And that's the that's the picture is Jesus mm-hmm. in Matthew. Matthew shows Jesus saying, I would argue that Matthew sees himself as a scribe trained in the kingdom, which is yeah. which is what Jesus says. And he's like, I think this is Matthew's calling card. Mm-hmm. And he's he goes into the treasure. What would be a scribe's treasure? The law. The law. The NIV actually translates scribe as teacher of the law. Yes, Who exactly has become right. a disciple of the kingdom of heaven. Oh, yeah, that's a really good translation. Yeah, yeah, it's yeah. really helpful. So you have this teacher of the law who becomes a disciple. And what does he do? He goes into his treasury of the law and he pulls out two things. Old treasures, right? Mm-hmm. He's not saying like, forget what that this used to mean. Forget the no, story of David and Absolutely not. That's it's a, a treasure. treasure. That's gold. But then he's like, but there's something else here. And it's what this treasure was pointing to, and it's better than gold. And yeah. it's like, that's what Matthew is, hmm. is he is a scribe. Here's how I want you to view Matthew. Matthew, and here's what I hope this whole podcast series is, is Matthew is going to open up the Old Testament to you like a treasure chest. Hmm. And he wants you to crack open the treasure chest hmm. and look into the Old Testament. He just wants to show you jewel after jewel gold piece after gold piece, treasure after treasure, and all of it is going to point to Jesus. And that's so cool. Yes. And the fact that he does it from the Old Testament, which is a place that most people don't think to look for Jesus. For Jesus. (laughs) Yeah. Matthew teaches us how to do it. I think part of the reason why I'm excited about it, why I love Matthew, is he teaches us to do the thing that we love doing. Yeah. I would say Matthew is probably where you and I first learned how to do this. You might be right. I think like when we first saw that Jesus' flight to Egypt was him recreating the Exodus story, we were like, wait, what? Mm-hmm. Like, I remember that like years and years and years yeah, and years yeah, ago. Yeah. I think like Matthew for me was like training ground for what mm. became spoken gospel. So I think it's another reason why I just love it. Yeah. Is this was like where my first love of seeing Jesus in all of scripture really came from. Yeah, I have learned to love it freshly mm-hmm. in the last probably year or so as I've become more and more familiar with the writings of Peter Lightheart. Yeah. Um, if you guys like to read nerdy books, Peter Lightheart is a nerdy man who you would enjoy reading yes. uh, reading alongside. I've always known that the book of Matthew begins with a whole bunch of allusions that compare Jesus and Moses. Mm-hmm. And it's like, Jesus' life kind of maps on to the story of Moses, right? right? Yep. He, he goes into waters, just like Israel crosses the Red Sea, and then he goes up on a mountain and delivers the Sermon on the Mount, the same way that mm-hmm. Moses went on a, up on a mountain and delivered right. the Ten Commandments. So you're like, oh, that's super fascinating. I've always kind of no- known that. What Peter Lightheart does is says that it doesn't end Yeah. When with the Sermon on the Mount. Jesus repeats, I mean, and he, literally, beat for beat, <laughs> Israel's thousands of years of history yeah. from the book of Genesis through the major and minor prophets. Right, he does. I mean, and, I mean, look at look real quick at the first line and the last line of Matthew. Oh, I think I know what you're going to say. I hope you do. Uh. The first line of Matthew is Genesis. The words biblos genesios. Yeah. Yes. Is the, that's the name, the Hebrew name translated into Greek mm-hmm. of the book of Genesis. Yeah. So he's literally saying, if you wanted to just roughly translate it in English, it's... The book of Genesis of Jesus Christ yep. is the first line of Matthew. Matthew starts with the word Genesis, in a sense. Yep. And then it, and, and yep, yep, yep. it's also Genesis 2-4 when it says, this is the account of the heavens and the earth when it they is. were created. Same words. Biblos, Genesios. Yep. So he's like, okay, the creation story <laughs> begins with the words Biblos, Genesios. So I'm going to start my new creation story yes! with Jesus with the exact same it's words. so cool. And then, even cooler, he says that same word again, and that same word is used in 
Genesis again, right when it starts to introduce the genealogies. Mm-hmm. This is the written account of Adam's family line. Biblos Genesios yes. at Adam. Yep. And, and then, then this is the this is the account of Jesus's line. Yeah, and then of it, the new creation. Yes. So and then what happens right after Biblos Genesios? It's the new creation and a whole new genealogy. Right. So it's fun. So cool. So you have the beginning of Matthew starts with the Genesis, mm-hmm. right? And then the last line is the end of the age. Oh. Those, that's the last word. The end of the age. Surely I am with you even to the end of the age. Oh. So Matthew starts in the beginning and the ends end the end. at the end. It's just G- this beautiful uh, book. You, you, that's so cool. There's more there. <laughs> oh, boy. So the very last book of the Hebrew Bible is... Uh, Chronicles. Is Chronicles. Yeah. Uh, so that's the way that Matthew would have grown up reading his Bible. Yep. Ending in the book of Chronicles. The last thing recorded in the book of Chronicles is a proclamation by King Cyrus sending Israel back into Israel to rebuild the temple. Okay. And what he says is almost word for word the same thing Jesus says to his disciples. No. He's, I literally don't know this. You don't know this? No, keep so, talking. So, I'm so excited. So he's, this is what Cyrus says okay. at the end of the book of Chronicles, the very end of the Hebrew Bible. Yeah. The Lord, the God of heaven, has given all authority of the kingdoms of the earth to me. (laughs) And he has appointed me to build a temple for him at Jerusalem and Judah. Any of his people among you may go. Oh, come on. may the Lord be with you. Get out. And so how does Jesus say, how does the gospel of Matthew end? (laughs) By parroting the quotation from Cyrus in Jesus' mouth. All authority, true authority has been given heaven on earth to me. Therefore, go making disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit. And I am with you always to the very end of the age. So Matthew literally begins with the first words of Genesis Mm -hmm. and ends with the last words of the Jewish Old Testament. That's exactly right. And he's doing that for a purpose to show you that the life of Jesus Mm -hmm. from beginning to end fulfills all the scriptures. Yep. Like, and that is, I mean, let's just stop for a second. Number one, that's literally our whole thing here at Spoken Right, Gospel. right, yeah. I mean, it's just, it's not no big deal. But like, yeah, you know, like on the, the road thing. to Emmaus, which is in Luke, you know, on the road to Emmaus, Jesus opens up to his disciples the Old Testament and teaches them all the things concerning himself. Mm-hmm. And there's this huge debate, which is, I'm not a fan of it because I think it's majoring on the minors, but this huge debate of what did Jesus go through the Old Testament and show them the specific things that he fulfilled? Or was he showing them how he fulfilled all things? I understand. And so are there a few things in the Old Testament? He's like, there's Jesus 12 fulfilled? different times I mentioned in the Old Testament. That's Here's right. The 12th Here they time. are. Or, no, no matter where you turn in the Old Testament, you can get to Jesus. Yeah. All roads lead to London. Yeah. And I think it's that one. Yeah. And I think Matthew's structure proves the point. Yeah. It starts in Genesis 1 and mm-hmm. ends at the end of Chronicles, showing you that the whole story is about Jesus. Yes. I love that. So cool. I think Matthew also wants to make a narrower point too. I okay. think he wants to prove that Jesus is the fulfillment of all scripture. Yeah. And one of the ways he does that within the book, which is kind of fun. Let me prove your point. And yeah, then yeah, yeah. A new point. Matthew uses like this stock phrase uh, five different times throughout his gospel. And it goes something like, after Jesus taught these things. Yeah. The disciples reacted this way. The false teachers or the Pharisees acted this way, okay. like whatever. Yeah. And so a summary statement to cap off a section of his of his gospel. Yeah. He does it five times. Okay. Oh. Why? Because there's five books in the Jewish Old Testament 
prove it. And what is Jesus doing? He's teaching. He's Torahing. He's right. There's teaching. five books. The five books of Moses. The five books of Moses. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The five books of the Torah. Jesus teaches five different times because his ministry is fulfilling the, the ministry of Moses. Okay. So, I th- so yeah. your point is made. Your yeah. point is made. Jesus is a fulfillment of all scripture. But you also said there's a narrower point. I think Jesus is not only fulfilling all scripture, but he's fulfilling the history and the narrative of Israel as a nation. Absolutely. So I think this is most, it's like meta proven by the fact that Biblos Ganesios, Matthew 1, 1, <laughs> and Matthew 28, 19, and 20 is the same words of Second Chronicles uh, 30, uh, 36, 23. Yeah. That, you got that. But you also have something more specific in uh, Matthew, at the very beginning of Matthew. Oh, right. In the fact that Matthew quotes the book of Hosea mm-hmm. and calls Jesus Israel. Oh, he right. He says, out of Egypt... I called my son, my son as a reference to God calling Israel out of Egypt. Right. And now he's saying Jesus is Israel. Right. And he's calling him out of Egypt. What's interesting about that and about Matthew's retelling of the story is that now that, anyway, we'll get to this. Yeah, yeah. He's yeah. calling Jesus out of Egypt, but Egypt is actually Israel. Right. Herod has become a new Pharaoh. Right. Who's killing babies right. just like Pharaoh did in Egypt and God is calling him out of this Israel now Egypt right. into a safe space. The point is that Jesus is, is Israel. Israel and, and he's, he's like, going to walk through their story yes. but prevail where Israel failed. Yes. And he's, yeah. his story begins the same place Israel's story began mm-hmm. in the belly of Egypt in the be- like right. under the threat of he didn't take a genocidal uh, infanticidal king. Right. Yeah. Jesus didn't take any shortcuts. He, he went beat for beat through Israel's story so he could beat for beat redeem her. Yeah. Let's let's ask two questions. One, why is it good news that Jesus fulfills the Old Testament scriptures? Two, why is it good news that Jesus is Israel? Mm. Let's just talk about those two things. Okay. Okay, so why is it good news? And this is like the meta question of why we exist at Spoken Gospel, but why is it good news that Matthew has shown us that Jesus fulfills the entire corpus of the Old Testament? It's literarily cool. It's literarily cool. It's a, it's like it's a book full of Easter eggs. Right. So it's like kind of like right. one way I'm excited about it. Right. right. It's yeah. like those uh, screen rant videos. It's like a yeah. hundred things you missed in the Old Testament. Yeah. <laughs> like there's so much. <laughs> yeah, but there's there's actually theological life giving gospel to the fact that Matthew shows us that Jesus fulfills the Old Testament. My mind keeps blending those two things. Why is it good news that Jesus is a fulfillment of all scripture? It's because he's a fulfillment of the narrative of Israel. You talk about that. So Israel is just shorthand for God's people. Right. God's people started in a garden. They were exiled from that garden. Over the course of Israel's history, they had many ways to try to recreate the garden. Mm -hmm. Noah tried to recreate the garden. Right. Uh, the judges try to recreate the garden. Yep. Moses tried to recreate the garden. Joshua tried to recreate the garden. David, mm-hmm. Solomon, right. uh, the kings after them, the prophets try to call Israel away from their idolatry to do what? To build the temple again and be something like the Garden of Eden, to, right. to end the exile that began those thousands of years earlier. Yes. The big uh, question of the people of Israel is, how are they going to get back to the Garden with God? How can we be with God again? Yeah. How can we be in a relationship with God again? Yeah. And at the end of Chronicles, the question is still unanswered. Right. There's hope at the end. There's of hope that it, the answer that, will come. Hey, go back and build the temple. Well, that's the end of the, the hope at the end of Chronicles is go Israel, go. Yep. 
and rebuild the temple. Yep. And maybe that's where you'll be with God again. Right. And what's fascinating is Jesus picks up on that. Yes. I am that new temple. So right. go and make a temple of all the world. Yes. And baptizing them. Make a temple of all the world. Just like Cyrus said, yeah. go and rebuild the temple. It's happening. It's in me. Yeah. So like the reason why it's good news is that the people of God as Israel is actually just the story of humanity in a sense. Like mm. humanity is bound up in the fate of Israel in the sense that we are all in exile outside of the garden, right. looking for a way to get back in, to be in relationship with God again. Yes. And Israel has a really vivid national geopolitical thousands of years long drama that's t told through their history, which is really just a microcosm of all people's alienation from God mm -hmm. and their desire to be in a garden with God, recreating the world, working alongside of him. And Jesus fulfills that narrative for us. Yeah. Right? Like that's that's why it's good news that Jesus is fulfilled in all scripture because he fixes the problem page one of the Bible tells us happens. Yeah. We can't build in the garden with God. We can't build the world that God wants us to build. Yeah. But now we can in Jesus. Yeah. I mean, that's very good news. Right. That's, the, that's literally the good news. That's the good news. Yeah. yeah. I think the only other thing, and I, I think I would have said the exact same thing. The only thing I'm thinking of is trying to take one step back to the meta question because there's also something behind this which is why do we have a huge book of stories spanning centuries that then jesus fulfills in an enfleshed story that gets told as a story mm -hmm. like why do we have books and letters and stories and narrative yeah. god could have told us the good news other ways right like yeah typically good news doesn't have to be narrative it could be headlines it could be, be headlines and facts yeah but we have a narrative and the old testament is a beautiful narrative and then matthew tells a beautiful ending to that narrative um and i just think that's amazing i think that in itself is good news that i think for me like growing up in the church mm -hmm. i was always told all the axioms of the faith mm -hmm, mm -hmm. jesus died for your sins yeah but that in itself is a fact right but it doesn't mean anything until it has a story you know, so like take, for example, and this is a little off topic, but it yeah. proves my point is like, take, for example, don't have sex outside of marriage Yeah, is like a fact and a right. good command, but it is kind of pointless to me without the story of why not? Yeah. Because God said so. I'm still not living into a narrative that, because right. the world's telling me a narrative yeah. that if I have sex outside of marriage, I'll be fulfilled and uh, like yeah. self-actualize and all these things. Yeah. The world. Yeah. 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 But God has a better story, and he says, actually, I want you to covenant with one person uh, as a picture of my covenant with you, mm -hmm. and then I want you to bear children to populate the world as my image bearers, mm -hmm. because I want to live with you in the world mm -hmm. and cover it with my glory. Mm -hmm. So be a part of that yeah, and image my covenant and produce image bearers mm -hmm. so that we can live in the world together. Yep. That's what my marriage and my children and yeah. my commitment and fidelity stand for. Yeah. It's better than a command. It's a story. It's a story. I've never thought about the fact that there's not, our culture doesn't have a list of 10 commandments to obey the culture. No. It, you know, it's like, just have as much sex as you want. Like, they don't ever, no one ever says that out right. loud. No, they just have stories. They have stories. I just, yep. I haven't thought about that. Yeah. How most commands, most things we intuit as good or wrong yeah. are actually communicated through stories right. that we just hear over and over again. Yeah. And so I just think like that's good news to me mm -hmm. because I, I think God built our brains to like stories. Yeah. Why would he do that? Because he had the best story to tell us because he wanted mm -hmm. to be worshipped through a story. Mm-hmm. Right. And right. so he 
he paired the creation of beings who get the most meaning from stories with the greatest story ever told <laughs> so that he would get the most glory. Mm-hmm. And so like, I just think that's why I love Matthew so much is he helps me hear the story better. Yeah. So I think that's why it's good news that Jesus fulfills all of scripture is it's not Jesus died for your sins. It's let me tell you the story that Jesus fulfills. Mm-hmm. And now I can see Jesus as the fulfillment of a story and not just a bunch of unconnected theological truths about who he was and what he did. Yeah. It goes back to what you're saying. It's like, we're all trapped in Egypt and enslaved under oppressive systems. And Jesus is going to free us is a better way of saying Jesus died for your sins. Yeah. Yeah. Or he's calling you to a new life. Yeah. It's like, that's not wrong. Paul says it that way. It's not wrong at all. But like, what's Paul doing? He's summarizing a story, a story that people, most of his audience would have been very familiar with. And if they weren't familiar with it, what was all the original churches doing? The only scripture they had was one letter from Paul, maybe. And the whole Old Testament. And the whole Old Testament. Right. Right. Yeah. I think that's what we need to remember, too, is when Paul writes to Timothy and says, all scripture is God breathed. He's not not including the New Testament, but he has in his target the Old Testament. He's saying, this is what you use to teach your church. Mm -hmm. I just think Matthew helps people on our side of the cross see the beauty of the Old Testament. Mm -hmm. Because I just love the Old Testament. Yeah, and it's it was Jesus's Bible, guys. Like, yeah, <laughs> it was Jesus's Bible. It was the church's Bible, the first century church's Bible. It is kind of an odd thought to think, like if you went to like I went to church on Sunday. Yep, I had Genesis through Chronicles, and maybe part of and Ephesians. Yeah, and Ephesians. I'm like, that's your Bible. That's my Bible. I was like, yep. and maybe if I'm lucky, I've also got Colossians. Right. You know, I'm like. Right. I've got they were a, in circulation in the or same ma- area. And maybe, and maybe John or Matthew. Right, I've right, got right. one gospel, yep. one letter, and all of the yep. Old Testament. And I'm so glad we have the full canon of the oh, New I Testament, Oh, I'm so glad. We're not like, saying that. <laughs> imagine the different type of... The way I would be formed by the scriptures would be just so different. Yeah, it would require you to engage your Old Testament. Right. In really unique, powerful ways. I think... I mean, most of my childhood was in the New Testament. Right, Not, not wrongly. Not wrong. There's nothing wrong with that. Not wrongly at all, but I'm like... In God's control of space and time, yeah, it's like He wanted His people for a period of time to have more Old Testament than New Testament. Sure, and to that point, we still have more Old Testament than New Testament, right? <laughs> we, like, which is the which is <laughs> another reason why I love Matthew is is like I think for so many people, when they start to see how to read the Old Testament as mm-hmm. Matthew wants them to see it, which is a story that's all about Jesus, they get like two thirds of their Bible back. Yeah, is they've been they've only been using. 27 mm-hmm. and there's 66 that they can use and it's just like man so i like to call the old testament our first and longest gospel mm. i think matthew proves right that the old testament is our first and longest gospel yeah and his is like the cliff notes version it's like right. if you want to see the full story go read all of genesis with jesus in your head mm-hmm. and you'll see what i'm talking about it'll blow your mind yeah it's like that's what we're trying to do here at spoken gospel and that's why i just love matthew now let's narrow the focus more so we talked about Jesus fulfilled, Matthew shows how Jesus fills all of scripture, then how he is the new Israel, mm-hmm. but then also he opens the book by saying, this is the genealogy, this is the genesis of Jesus Christ, the son of David, mm-hmm. the son of Abraham. Mm-hmm. There are two really specific things he's trying to get us to do here, yeah. to see Jesus as the fulfillment of the kingdom of Israel, which mm-hmm. is what kind of what you're getting at there, but specifically the son of David. Jesus is the king that Israel has longed for and needed. So like 
all the fulfillment of the promises made to David, which is a yeah. huge idea. Yeah, so we're, th- well, I mean, just in your mind, think the books of First Samuel mm-hmm. through Chronicles. Right. That's the kingdom. That's the kingdom. That's the kingdom. And Jesus is going to fulfill all of that. And then the son of Abraham, that's right. Genesis through uh, Judges, or Ruth, actually. Right. Or I guess Ruth, you yeah. can, anyway. And that is, yeah, and that was Jesus came, so let's talk about those two covenants yeah. real quick. So Jesus came to, Ab- or God came to Abraham, and he said to Abraham, I'm going to make you a great nation, and you're going to have more children than you can count, mm-hmm. and they are going to be a blessing to every nation. Mm-hmm. And Jesus is the fulfillment of that. Because at the end of Abraham's life, he did not have a bunch of kids. Right. Right? And he was not a blessing to every nation. Yeah. And he, Abraham even knew himself that the promise of the land and everything that he was going it was going to be in the future. He right. knew that he was just the first of... The first person in a long, in a long, in line long genealogy. In a long genealogy, And yeah. Jesus comes and finishes that genealogy, and what's he do? He shows us a new way to make image bearers of God mm-hmm. by preaching them the good news. It's how mm-hmm. the book of Matthew ends. Right. So that there's a bunch of Jesus followers. A that, bunch of sons of Abraham. A bunch of sons of Abraham that fill the world, go into all nations, and bless them. And now it's happened. Mm-hmm. Like, the good message of Jesus is now embedded in every culture around the world, and all nations are blessed. Mm-hmm. Like the promise God made to Abraham is now fulfilled in Jesus all around the world. Yeah. So Matthew's going to show us how that's possible. Then you have the promise made to David. Mm-hmm. And the promise made to David was that there would always be a king sitting on Israel's throne. That and that king would be a son of David. Yeah. And, and he would provide uniquely justice and rest yeah, for his people. That's right. Yeah. Re- yeah. Rest on every side. Peace from war. Absolute harmony. You know, yeah. n- no domestic or uh, international uh, well, dip- diplomacy yeah. issues, but then inside, perfect justice, equity. Mm-hmm. The poor are never wronged. Mm-hmm. the The rich never got that way through you know misdeeds. Mm-hmm. Right. E- everything's right, and it's like, don't you want to live in that kind of a kingdom? Like, don't you want to be in a family that blesses the whole world, mm-hmm. and in a country that's perfect and at peace. Yeah. That's what Israel was hoping for throughout the whole Old Testament. That's what it would have looked like to be in the garden That's right. as a community of people, millions strong. That's right. And now Jesus is making it happen. And that's like that's the so rifle good. focus of Matthew. Yeah, so good. So can I just go through a little bit of the book of Matthew and show you, David, mm-hmm. but also you, audience, how closely Matthew is following the story of the people of God and mapping it onto Jesus' life? I mean, do I just get to close my eyes and just kind of I mean, receive? I could just talk at you for a long I mean, time. but this I'd, sounds exciting to I me. would love for you to respond as well. I'll if, try. If you feel I mean, I just, kind of, I just kind of want to be a podcast listener right now. <laughs> so to you. we've already mentioned Matthew begins with, some of the first words of the book of Genesis. Mm -hmm. This is the book of Genesis. And then we have Jesus introduced, as you said, as a son of Abraham. And so what's the first family after the Genesis narratives? It's the family of Abraham. Right. And it's Abraham's story from Genesis 12 to Genesis 26, leading up to who? Joseph the dreamer. Mm. And Jesus' father is also named Joseph, who also has several dreams. Also, like Joseph, he receives visitors from foreign nations, just as Joseph held court and provided food for the nations during the famine in Egypt. Right. Um, then who are we introduced to? Herod. 
killing children, just as Pharaoh killed children after Joseph was in power in Egypt in 400 years past. Then what happens? Jesus flees from this Israel turned Egypt, just as Moses fled from Egypt during the reign of this infanticidal Pharaoh. Mm-hmm. Then Jesus returns to Israel as Moses returns to Egypt. And John announces judgment against the Pharisees the same way Moses and Aaron announced the 10 plagues against Egypt. Wait, wait, hold on. So G- Jesus leaves, leaves Egypt just like Moses and mm-hmm. the people of Israel left Egypt. Jesus returns. Comes back to Israel. To Israel slash Egypt. Yes, because in, in Matthew's mind, uh-huh. Israel's become Egypt. Oh, okay. Right. Yep. And then John the Baptist starts announcing judgment against who? The religious establishment of Israel. Because they've turned corrupt. And uh-huh. that parallels uh, Exodus 7 through 12 as Moses and Aaron bring judgment against the gods of Egypt and the religious establishment of Pharaoh. Whoa, okay, so I've not, I've not thought of that one before. Yeah. So you're saying like the woes that John the Baptist declares against like the you Pharisees vipers, who yeah. come out to see him is a parallel to the plagues of mm-hmm. Egypt. Yeah. Whoa. And okay. the judgment Aaron and yeah. Moses pronounce against Egypt. Okay, that makes sense. Uh, Keep going. Then Jesus passes through the waters of baptism just as Israel passes through the waters of the Red Sea. Yep. Then following 40 days in the wilderness and Israel's 40 years in the wilderness. Mm-hmm. And then Exodus 18. And also we're yep. told that Israel's time in the wilderness was a time of testing. Yep, and Israel's went, tempted, went Exodus to the, 17 and 19. And then Jesus went into the wilderness to be tested, tempted Yeah, by maybe that's actually the better parallel here because the 40 might not track perfectly, but Jesus goes to be tempted. Right. In Exodus 17 19, we're told Israel goes into the wilderness to, to be, be tempted. tempted. And they fail in that their, their test. And that's why there's 40 years. Right. Uh, Jesus succeeds in that yeah, moment. Yeah, so he only has to spend a short time in the wilderness. But after both of their testings, what yeah. happened? Jesus uh, appoints his disciples and then after the testing that they failed in Exodus 17 and 19, or in the middle of that, Moses appoints 70 elders to mm-hmm. rule his people. And then they go to the mountain of Sinai, and they're given the law. And Oh, and Jesus and, goes to the mountain and does the Sermon on the Mount, giving yeah, his fulfillment yeah. of the law. That's, exa- that's exactly right. Yeah. And that okay. happens for seven chapters, or not seven chapters, but up to up chapters to chapter seven. seven, he yep. gives the law. Okay. So already, I'm like... Seven chapters in Matthew, and we've gotten through Mount Sinai. Yes, in and Exodus, like, very specifically. Yeah, mapping major moments throughout Israel's history. Yeah. Then this okay. is one of my favorites. Oh boy! So chapters eight and nine of the book of Matthew. It's like healings, right? Ten miracles. Ten miracles. Okay. Why do you think there might be ten miracles? Uh, okay, hold on. Uh, ten miracles. I goodness, I have no idea. <laughs> Two potential options. Okay. Okay. There were 10 plagues in Egypt. Sure. So 10 reversals for the 10 plagues of judgment. Interesting. Also, there are 10 rebellions for Israel in the wilderness. Are there really? Mm-hmm. Ah. There's two before Mount Sinai, I believe, and then eight in the 40 years following with like Korah and like all those folks. And what's really interesting is the first rebellion after Mount Sinai mm-hmm. is with Miriam. Okay. And she becomes leprous. Right. The first miracle Jesus does is, is he heals heal a, a leper. leper. Get out. Yeah. So That's too cool. And in a lot of those ten rebellions, you had miraculous signs like quail falling from sky, manna, or the, mm-hmm. the ground opens up. So you could just have like rebellion preceded miracles often in right. the, the 
Exodus story. And so Jesus is the miracle doing the miracles worker. again. Yeah. It could also be that God's just showing mercy in a yeah. way that Israel couldn't receive. Jesus comes to give mercy only, yeah. not judgments and mercy. Right. Um, he does the miracle and there's mercy. Yes. Instead of here's a miracle and then judgment and yeah he yeah. brings healing where there was once judgment yeah you know? and what's really fascinating about this whole section is there's only one old testament illusion oh okay uh, I mean, the, usually matthew I, loves this happened to fulfill the word right that came. so there's one yeah. specific old testament and there's illusion as in fact 10 there oh the yeah there's mass. illusions yeah but one explicit quote you right is from isaiah 53 17 which mm. talks about by the stripes by his stripes we are healed by his stripes we are healed so we have jesus's healing ministry being connected to Isaiah's understanding that the stripes inflicted on Israel during their exile would end. So their time in the wilderness of exile would end when the Messiah comes and heals their wounds. Mm. He's placing Jesus as the, this wilderness healer that Isaiah prophesied. Yeah, that makes sense. And so I think what you're saying there with the explicit Isaiah reference is kind of going back to uh, Jesus as Israel, because mm-hmm. Isaiah is talking about, all right, Israel, you're going to go into exile by the hand of Babylon, yep. and you're going to get stripes, you're going to get wounds, you're going to get mm-hmm. beaten, mm-hmm. but by those stripes, I'm going to heal you. Mm-hmm. How is that possible? Well, it's in Jesus, Yeah, is that he's the one who's bringing healing, mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. so he's the one who's fulfilling this promise, but then later on in the story, he'll get the stripes. He'll get the stripes. Okay. And what's also interesting is in Matthew 11, mm-hmm. John the Baptist will ask Jesus if he's the Messiah they are to expect. Oh, right. Yeah. And then he responds with another quotation from the book of Isaiah. Mm-hmm. And he says, well, the lepers are healed, the deaf hear, the yeah. blind see. The poor have good news preached to them. The poor have good news preached to them. And do you know how the very beginning of Isaiah 35 begins? I, I, off the top of my head, I do not. The desert and the parched land will be glad. The wilderness will rejoice and blossom. Hmm. Jesus is reversing the wilderness judgments. Oh. If if the the ten miracles are supposed to map on to the ten rebellions uh-huh. of Israel and the wilderness, well, now that wilderness is being parched. Water is falling on the rebellious wilderness of Israel. Yeah, he's turning the wilderness into a garden. He's turning the wilderness into a garden. Okay, that's crazy. Um, and then and um, we could probably stop here, but then he. <laughs> commissions his 12 disciples in chapter 10 uh-huh. just as Moses prepares and sends 12 people into, into the land of Canaan into the land of Canaan and then just as there is Sabbath rest through Joshua's conquest chapters 11 and 12 are primarily concerned about the Sabbath that's right there are it's where uh, Jesus's famous words that he's gentle and lowly come mm-hmm. to him and he'll give you rest the word Sabbath is used 10 times in the book of Matthew yeah uh, eight of them are in chapter 12 it's all concentrated all concentrated in this one section that mapped onto the moment where they're going into the land and why for rest for Joshua gave rest oh, from the enemies and what wait, what do the 12 do they cast out demons they do another like conquest moment yeah. they're, uh, they're pushing back the darkness in Israel, just as Joshua pushed back the darkness in Canaan. Yeah. And then he provided rest. And then Jesus has a whole point, a whole like time of his ministry where it's all about rest. Yeah. I could go on. And we will. <laughs> and we will. I mean, this one's my favorite. And the next section is all the parables of right. the kingdom. Parables of the kingdom. Of the kingdom. And the kingdom of heaven is like. Because if you were following along and you're like, okay, yeah. we just finished Joshua. Now it's time for the Davidic empire and the founding of the nation mm-hmm. of Israel, the kingdom. Let's talk about the kingdom. So he just starts saying and the kingdom of heaven is like. 
I did not know that one. And do you remember which king in Israel's history who's known for his riddles and his parables and his wise Solomon? sayings? Yeah, Solomon's this philosopher king who speaks in riddles and has all this intense wisdom about the kingdom, and he writes the wisdom literature of the book. And what is a parable but a type of wisdom literature? Right. And actually, the term parables in Matthew is the same Greek word that talks about wisdom literature in the Old Testament. So he's the new and better Solomon. He's the new and better Solomon. He's the new and better philosopher king ruling Israel. He was so where Solomon was gifted with all the wisdom of God to lead his people and that and he was a son of David who should have sat on the throne forever to right. perfectly lead his people with equity where he failed Jesus succeeds. Yes, and he stop. comes to establish a new kingdom. It's too cool. And we could keep I going. I really don't want you to stop. <laughs> this is really I'm actually learning a lot right now. <laughs> this is crazy. Well, okay. I mean, should we? I mean, I can keep going. I mean, and this could be the whole podcast, and you should get excited. And then we'll go through them bit by bit. Beat by do you beat. really have more? I do have more. I'd have to look in a book rather than my notes, but I could keep going. <laughs> I mean, I think the point is made if we want to just make the point is Matthew's clearly doing something beautiful with walking through the story of Israel and showing Jesus in every yeah. corner of it. I think, I mean, I could go chapter by chapter. Yeah. <laughs> um, uh, and we will. And we will. I think maybe the only other thing you should keep in mind is that the way the story of Israel ends is when Judah goes into exile right. in Babylon. Yeah, the story ends with exile. And during that time, people like Jeremiah, Isaiah, the major and minor Ezekiel. prophets that, that are in your Old Testament are really against the leadership of Israel. Right. And the corruption of temple worship, the priesthood, yeah. the kings of Israel. And in uh, Matthew chapters 23 to 25, it's primarily concerned with Jesus rebuking the Pharisees mm. and even, and this is when he goes into the temple, turns over the things in the temple. This uh, is when he's, when he critiques Israel's religious establishment. He's being the new prophet. Jer- he's being the new Jeremiah. He even weeps yes. like Jeremiah, over like, the, a, yeah. like like over Jerusalem. Mm. So like uh, right. Matthews has patterned Jesus' life right. after the story of <gasps> Israel. And, I mean, just to say it, then what happens after the, all the warnings of the prophets, the temple is destroyed by Babylon. And Jesus is destroyed. And Jesus is the temple that is destroyed Mm -hmm. on the cross. But what's the promise at the end of the story? While they're in exile, while Jesus is in the tomb, Mm -hmm. the hope is that they will come back to a new Jerusalem, restored and rebuilt. Mm -hmm. And in Jesus' resurrection and commission, we see that completed. Right. And a new temple is built, not with stones in Israel, but in the hearts of believers all over the world. All nations are blessed. Yeah. Man. I don't know if people will hear this as sincerity i did not know a lot of that actually (laughs) this has been awesome i cannot wait to go through all of this so that'll be kind of the strategy to kind of go through those literary movements i'm thinking so it's like matthew 1 to 4 the formation of israel as like a nation into mount sinai we can talk about the law the Sermon on the Mount right. is a great place to just camp out for a while. Yeah. And then I think that'll can... be a good strategy for us to like go through not necessarily chapter by chapter in Matthew, but movement by movement that he's mapping us onto the Old Testament story. Yeah. Okay. I'm so game for that. I cannot wait for this. <laughs> I am like beaming with excitement right now. Uh, okay. Thank you guys so much for listening. We cannot wait to walk through Matthew with you. We will see you next week. Thank you for listening to the Spoken Gospel Podcast. Spoken Gospel creates short films, devotionals, and podcasts like this one. Everything we make is free because of generous supporters like you. 
To see our resources, visit SpokenGospel.com or subscribe to our YouTube channel. Thanks for listening. See you next week. Thank you.